Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? This week I thought it would be interesting to talk about some rest of season strategy. So in today's video, I'm going to be going through some general strategy for teams that are at the top. So teams right now that are contending for championships. So maybe you're like 9 and 1, 8 and 2, 7 and 3 in that range. You're at the top of your league and kind of just what players you should be targeting, how you should be approaching the next few weeks and gearing up for that playoff run. And then in tomorrow's video, I'm going to be talking about players who maybe are on the outside looking in at the playoff picture, you know, what players you guys should be targeting, how you kind of should be setting up your roster, and then basically just how are you going to manufacture wins to get yourself into that playoff conversation? Because really, if you can't get into the playoffs, you're not going to be winning the championship. And I really think, you know, no matter where your team is, both of these videos are going to be important to watch because maybe, you know, you're a team who's struggling so far. You're going to have to be making trades with some of these top teams. So you're going to want to know what they're looking for and then vice versa. So today's video is for the top, top teams. How are you going to set yourself up for a nice playoff run? And I want to start it off by saying it's just important to be understanding your league settings. And what I mean by that is not like, oh, PPR, one quarterback, that stuff. But it's actually going to be when do your playoff weeks take place? Because those are different in every single league. For me, I like the playoffs taking place in week 16 and week 17. I like to avoid the last week of the season as much as possible. And then personally, I like leagues where you have four team playoffs, but every league is different. Like I'm in a 12 team league where it's the top eight make the playoffs. And that's going to drastically shift your strategy because you could honestly be an underperforming team under 500 and you're still a contender for the championship, especially if you've gotten unlucky with injuries and have a solid roster. So it's gonna be very important to know which weeks your playoffs are gonna be taking place in because that's how you kind of gear up getting some players who have some nice strength of schedule. And then I also think that being a top contender doesn't always equal having the best record. Like I mentioned, if you're in a team with an eight team playoff, you could be sitting there at like five and five, but maybe you had McCaffrey on your roster, you had some other players who were dealing with injuries, and now you're just ready to go you could be the favorite to win that league. Even in the league that I referenced where it's a 12-team league and eight players make the playoffs, right now in that league, I'm sitting at eight and two, but I really don't feel like I have one of the best rosters. I'm someone who likes to go running backs early and often in drafts, and this was really my only team where I wasn't able to do that. I think I had the third overall pick, and basically the first and second rounds were so running back heavy, so I went Camara. And then when it got to me in round two, I was looking at wide receivers and tight ends. I think I went with Darren Waller and Keenan Allen. And then in the fourth round, I got Cooper Cup. And he's really the only reason why my team is up there. And then fifth round, I start to reach for running backs, picked up Mike Davis. Definitely one of my worst calls the entire offseason was kind of buying into Mike Davis. And then round six was Chase Edmonds. So now I'm sitting here, my RB2, you know, the guy who was supposed to be the RB2 is just terrible. The RB3 is now on injured reserve and I'm kind of just filling in that RB2 spot. So you gotta be realistic with yourself. The record definitely doesn't tell the entire story. And there could also be situations, maybe you're an underperforming team, but you have one of the highest points scored, but maybe you're just getting unlucky and going up against players who continue to put up the top numbers. You know, you may have a solid points for, but your points against may be even higher. I know that's definitely kind of a struggle, but it could definitely be the opposite. You know, you have a really nice, pretty looking record, but you're kind of just getting lucky on which matchups you have each week. But if you are a true contender and you kind of have your playoff spot locked up, 
This is a great opportunity to gear up for the playoffs. And my number one piece of advice for teams who do have one of those top spots already clinched up, you know, you're not worried about missing the playoffs would be to be moving off of your short-term assets for upgrades that are gonna help you in the playoffs. Kind of the first guy who comes to mind is AJ Dillon. He would really be the perfect example of this because if you have AJ Dillon, you basically have an RB1. Like he's probably a top eight running back for every week that Aaron Jones is out. And that could be very, very valuable for someone who needs wins right now, right? If you've basically clinched your spot, it's not really necessary for you to hold on to AJ Dillon unless you are an Aaron Jones owner. Obviously that's a different situation because you would want that handcuff, but Dylan could totally be used to trade to a team that's kind of more in the middle of the pack, and that's gonna help them get to the playoffs, because like I mentioned, he's a locked-in RB1 until Aaron Jones returns, and that could totally turn into wins for teams who really need them to get into the playoffs. At this point in the season, I think there are a lot of win-win trade opportunities where both you and your trade partner kind of feel like you came out ahead, and you probably did. I feel like at this point in the season, trades are much more similar to Dynasty because, you know, start of the season, you're really just trading for value at the moment. You know, the records don't really matter as much. And so really, there's kind of like a winner and a loser. You know, you just don't really know who it is yet. Hopefully, you have a good idea that it's you, but you just don't really know. For Dynasty, you have some players who are kind of tanking and they're trying to acquire young assets. Obviously, no one's going to be tanking in redraft, but I think it's kind of a similar strategy where, you know, teams who already have clinched are going to be moving off of short-term assets, whereas teams need to be win now to make the playoffs. They're going to be trading some of those guys who can be used in the playoffs. So it's a little bit different, but I think you can make some more balanced offers because you're not just straight up trading value for value. Another thing I think you should be looking at is just playoff schedule. So finding players who have great playoff schedules in your important weeks. So like I mentioned, you need to know if your playoffs are in week 15 and 16, week 16, 17, 18, all of that stuff. In last week's Thursday and Friday video, I talked about some players who had really nice playoff schedules and then some poor playoff schedules. So a lot of those should still be relevant. So you should go check those out to kind of get an idea, or you could check fftoday.com. They have a tool where you can look at strength of schedule. That way you can kind of just quickly view the players on your team and see, you know, if they're lined up for solid playoff matchups or if they're kind of in for some rough ones. Another thing I want to add in here is don't be super afraid to be losing in talent. You know, you may make a trade and you're looking at the players and you're like, okay, if I had these guys for 16 games, I may prefer this one. But the 16 games doesn't matter. If you have your spot locked up, you're just looking at those few weeks you need to win. One kind of example I thought of for the situation would be Marquise Brown for Deontay Johnson. You know, if you guys have seen my videos this week, you know that I already think Deontay Johnson is a great player to trade for, but he's also someone who has a fairly easy rest of season schedule. So from weeks 13 through 18, he only has one negative matchup. So a negative matchup of teams against fantasy wide receivers compared to Marquise Brown, who only has one positive matchup in that same stretch from week 13 through week 18. I think this is a trade that could totally be accepted. You know, some people may say, oh, I want Deontay Johnson. I would never trade him for Marquise Brown. Maybe you think the opposite, but so far Marquise Brown has been the better producer. He's been the more productive player. He's averaging 17.8 points per game to Johnson's 16.6. So I really don't think this is some crazy offer, but this is also just an example, kind of offers like that where the value seems kind of close, but one player has the far superior matchup. And kind of like what I'm saying, I would much prefer Deontay Johnson 
rest of season, even though he is averaging less points per game because you're looking at a very small sample size in the playoffs. I also think these types of trades could be made with players who are trying to make that playoff push. So you could be trading for players who are in a similar tier. You know, it may seem like a lateral move, but one team could be getting the player who has the better schedule weeks 11, 12, 13, 14, because they're in a win now mode. And then the other person is getting players who have nice schedules in week 16, week 17. It's a mutually beneficial trade because they need the good schedule to get into the playoffs. You need the good schedule to win the playoffs. So both of you guys are winning and you're kind of keeping the same quality of player. I think this is the last point I'm going to make in this video. So at this point in the season, your team is probably pretty locked in. You have an idea of what players you're gonna be going with, you know, aside from the trades that I've been talking about. But in terms of like waiver wire options, there's probably not a lot of top guys you're gonna be looking at, especially if you're a top team. You know, unless you're playing with Fab, you're probably not gonna be getting the top options off of the waivers because you don't have a good priority. So I would strongly recommend scooping up your handcuffs if you do have stud running backs. If you have a guy like Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison is on the waiver wire, pick him up. Same thing with McCaffrey. Maybe the Chuba Hubbard owner dropped him, you know, because he's obviously not going to be producing anymore. Snag him. You just don't want an injury to completely ruin your season and leave a massive hole in your lineup because obviously you're not going to be getting the same production from Chuba Hubbard that you would from Christian McCaffrey, but still you have a solid startable running back compared to just being left with nothing. And I think that is going to wrap it up for this video. If you guys enjoyed the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. You can ask me any fantasy questions down below in the comment section, and then make sure you guys check tomorrow where I'm going to be posting the strategy for teams we're trying to get into the playoffs, but aren't quite aligned in a great spot right now. But thank you guys again, and I'll see you next time.